Hey, this is Afia Letham, creator of the Frame Your Day app, helping you walk out every day in victory. I'm proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleash, going beyond borders. Hi, this is Zakia Ringgold from NaturalSoapByZakia.com, proud sponsors of the Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. Good day on our podcast. It's a Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast. I've got another guest uh, all the way from Texas. Am I correct? Were you based in Texas or am I wrong again? I think I've actually, I did that. I forgot to actually ask you. One thing I did actually. No, you're correct. I'm Texas. You did say Texas. Because you know when you sort of like, you did say Texas and you realize, you know, am I, am I wrong? No, I was correct. <laughs> so what part of Texas are you? That's good. Well, we'll find out exactly what part of Texas you're in. My guest, um, I was going to start a podcast on the grape. <laughs> well, I realize you have a complete uh, brain um, brain blank, you know what I mean? Mind whoever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, so I've, I have welcome to another edition to Ramsey at least going beyond borders. Um, my guest, all the way from Texas, we'll find out exactly what part shortly. Um, we'll play my usual shout out, do my usual shout outs. As you've listened to the podcast, you know who I shout out, my supporters. We've got, uh, or you've just heard from our. Uh, Let's just heard from our sponsors, obviously Zakia Ringo with Natural Soap by Zakia, and the Frame Your Day app with Ifia Lethem. If you're looking for a Frame Your, you can download the Frame Your Day app on the uh, Apple Store or Google. Excuse me. Um, so um, you can do it. So we're, we're grateful for the support we get from people. Obviously, we'll shout out to our supporters down the, down the line in the podcast. Um, and we're obviously going to play some music. We've got uh, Jerris Cook and our a collab with music and a new album Jerris Cook and uh, Calvin Thomas did a collab song so we'll play that during the um, during the podcast we'll obviously have to shout out to other people as I say and we'll play a random other tune maybe a Benita Charles or a Chris Angeles Chris Angeles has got a new one there's obviously obviously like to support upcoming artists around the world who do music and get their music out there and whether it's uh, if they're only in the US, we like to get their music in the UK as well. We're playing it on the podcast, and it's great to support these artists who are developing and growing in their music. That's what we do. So before I, as I this uh, talk too much, and we'll get right into my guest. I've had to, several attempts to pronounce her name before the podcast, so uh, just to get my teeth into it. So <laughs> it's Chiquanda. Johnson Altson is my guest. So welcome to the Ramsey Unleashed Going Beyond Borders podcast. So how are you doing? I am well, Fraser. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Yes, yeah, another day, another another dollar working away. And as I said, another day closer to Christmas. That's the main thing. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all good. So what, you, you had a good day so far? You've been a good weekend or you've been up to much? Oh my gosh, so it has been an amazing day. It's been an amazing week. Uh, definitely uh, out here uh, in the States, we're getting ready for a holiday. We're getting ready for uh, Black Friday, the biggest shopping time. But I have been uh, busy uh, with educating clients on being smart about your spending uh, and what, during these holiday times. So, yes, it's been a wonderful time. 
Uh, thank you for asking. It is uh, pretty chilly in Texas. It's in the 40s or 50s. You know, that's cold for us. <laughs> well, so what part of Texas are you in, exactly? I am in Houston. No, you were right. Houston. You were correct. I am in Houston, Texas. Cool. That's good. That's fantastic. Uh, it's getting cold yes. down there. It's getting chilly here. Well, certainly our cold work so not too bad. It's cold, but uh, certainly some parts of the U.S. get better weather than us, even though they are getting cold as well. Yes, um, yes, I'm. I live in Houston, Texas, but I am from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh wow! And I don't. Yes, yes, I don't know if you remember uh, after the um, uh, one of the worst major disasters, uh, natural disasters called Hurricane Katrina, yeah. uh, back in 2005. Uh, that's when I. Uh, Moved and re- and have been residing in Houston, Texas ever since. Well, we can discuss and it's that. It's been amazing. Bit. Wow, we can talk about that. Well, we've got a fun part. We've actually got you've got a lot to talk about. I know that you've got a lot of well, challenge. You've got your you've gone through a lot of challenges in your life. We do have you've got as uh, we're going to talk about. You have a skin condition which is actually getting more is more common in these days. People you're seeing more uh, people doing, it, especially top models uh, who are, who have it. You're seeing a skin so we talk about that. You talk about um obviously how you got to being able how you're now in Texas due to the hurricane, but you can just dis- discuss a little bit about that. Um okay. you've also got about what you're we're gonna talk about your what you do now. So if you as I say, when somebody mentions the tax man, you usually run. Uh so but this is a tax woman. <laughs> so so but we'll talk about that later in the, in the podcast. So uh um, and there's obviously see we're going. You guys run from him. I run to them. I run to them. Yes, yes. So, so this is this is going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. So, and we're talking about just yes. Yeah, so we're going to have a fun pack talk um, with Chiquanda and uh, about her life. Uh, any day is the whole point is the podcasts are about my guest. It's not about me. It's so you can relate to her story, relate to what she's gone through. Uh, ups, downs, challenges, and as I say, it's a bit like after listening to the podcast, you might want to connect with her and basically, hopefully, relate to her in some way or form. And that's what the podcast is about. Uh, and that's what. And we've got also recently, she's got another story we will touch on. Obviously, there's a lot of people who go through is the autism spectrum, but we'll touch on that as well, uh, which is obviously challenging. But first, let's uh, let's get a bit of a background. I always like to get a bit of a background about my my, my guest. Where they're from, where they obviously where they grew up, life was it good, bad, was it stri- was it struggles, and then we just grow from there in the podcast. That's why I like to because it's like telling a story. It's like you're picking up a, picking up a book and reading it, and it starts from hey page one, as you know, and you go from there. So and before you know it, you're engrossed in that story. So let's get engrossed in Chiquanda's story and uh, find out. Tell us a bit about your life. So tell us growing up, school, born, family life. Tell us about that. When, uh, huh? being, being a little girl and going to school or whatever, how was life good or bad or different and different? Wow. Okay. So the little girl, Shaquanda. So I, again, I was born and raised in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, um, to a uh, two parent family. Uh, my parents were uh, very hardworking. Uh, both my, my dad was an entrepreneur I believe that's where we get the spirit of uh, the entrepreneurial spirit from. Um, mother, uh, very stern. She's now deceased. Uh, she's, um, 
been deceased for like three years now. Uh, that's a whole nother show uh, in itself. Uh, but uh, I have a younger sister. Um, uh, it's only two uh, of us. Uh, we only had two siblings. So two girls. Two. So there were three women in the house with one man, with one my dad. So, you know, he had his he had his areas uh, where he just left us alone, right? It's a whole bunch of women in the house, and he was outnumbered. So growing up for me, um, back in the day, I was, I'm a 70s baby. So I just turned 44 uh, last week. Uh, so I was a 70s baby. So as I was growing up, I grew up during the times where I actually remember when rap was born, when hip hop was formed. I remember uh, when um, uh, we can, uh, oh, crack in bad things in the inner cities. And so I grew up in the uh, inner cities, but I, I grew up in the suburbs. But we all were affected by the inner city struggles of uh, crack cocaine, hip hop, and all of that. So it just kind of bring you back to that the times where I'm talking about, like the eight late eighties. And for for us, for for uh, we I and mean, my family, uh, it never really uh, affected me personally. It just was more of we had to work. I was always told we have to work. My parents worked two and three jobs to make sure that my sister and I uh, were well taken care of uh, in high school. I grew up, uh, I, I did have the privilege of going to a parochial school uh, because my parents wanted something different. My parents wanted something better uh, than what they had. And so that has just been uh, the motto uh, that we're growing up. Uh, the, the basic motto, I believe that most of us had, get good grades in school, go to work, get a good job, and retire and live the life of Riley, right? Well, how many of you know that I did that, right? I, I went to school, I uh, got good grades, I went to college, I got the degrees, and I was, with, like most of us, have a lot of student loan debt. And I really, I had worked, and I've been working since I was 13, and that's all we know to do is work. Yeah, we know how to work, but the thing is, uh, we don't really understand how to make money work for us. Or what was your what was your, what was your first job at uh, thirteen? Oh my goodness! Okay, so I worked for what was called. Um, we had a summer job, and I was uh, working in the office. Uh, I, I believe we used to call it uh, not job core uh, manpower. That's what they used to call it. You can have an opportunity to work for um, manpower. So I had a summer job and I worked for manpower. And oh man, it was great because I had my first uh, check with my name on it. And but then uh, it, we, I had to uh, definitely help out family and all. So I never really, I've always been a giver. I really never, I always look for the other person or wanted to take care of somebody else before I take care of myself. I've always been like that. I've always been this uh, community girl, always been uh, uh, just like I am now, real active in the church, real active in the community, wanted to see things different. 
I always had the um, dream and goal that I can change the world. And so as a kid, and when you grow up and you're like, okay, man, I, I really, I did all of this. And I'm still in the position where I'm still working. And then what happens is life happens, right, Fraser? So nobody really planned and prepared us for when life happens. Nobody really planned and prepares us for when you lose a, 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 a mother or nobody really plan and prepare you for when you lose a child or when you lose everything like I did in Hurricane Katrina. So we we know we have those goals that, okay, we're going to retire, but in the middle of all of that, nobody really talks about how to deal with these adverse things that happen that sometimes are your fault, a fault of your own or not. So that has been... Um, the challenge for me is that when life kind of knocks you the win out of you, how do you respond? You know, you can pull on what you know as far as with your faith, and that has helped me as well. But also, too, it's all about we're real big on family. I'm real big on family, real big on community. Uh, my support system has been like none other. Um, they they are definitely the reason why I'm still here, and I, I can even be with you today. Right. Well, let's... And by the way, I do appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> I know I've said it again. Uh, this is it again. I do. I really appreciate the opportunity well, uh, to speak to your fans. Well, let's uh, dissect obviously some of your stuff because you see you've got a lot to talk about. We live in a real often about ten seconds. <laughs> wanna... Yes, you have to help me. I am a talker, Fraser. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I need to get you to breathe in between sentences. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, let's start. Well, church. What kind of church do you go to? So right now, I attend. It's a non-denominational church. Um, what about the one in Texas? Well, not uh, back in Louisiana, uh, New Orleans. Start, yes, same. Start uh, uh, starting with uh, Baptist uh, tradition. I grew up as a Baptist girl. Uh, old Baptist uh, is what I, I say. We uh, we grew up uh, with the Baptist traditions. Um, then I attended a, a Catholic girl school. So you can imagine those conversations. That must have been interesting being doing a Baptist yes, church and a Catholic school. Yes, oh, it was very <laughs> very did, interesting. That, that is that that's bizarre in a in a sense. Very bizarre. Yes. I used to uh I used to be a little rebel because I would question everything. I, you know, that's because yeah. thinking about me of it well, the whole opposite. If you're you're going to a Christian Baptist school, well you're out of church and then you're suddenly going you go to Catholic school, which is the complete opposite. Yes. Needless well, to say I did <laughs> I did I, make uh, a low grade in the first, uh, my freshman year in religion class. But needless to say, because my parents paid for my tuition, I had to uh, get it together <laughs> because I was always A's and B's. But I rebelled because to me, it was one teaching and then this is like a brand new way of learning. Uh, it, yes, yes, it was interesting. It was interesting, Fraser. It was. So it's like, oh my word, it's like trying to, well, I don't know. It's like, get, I don't know, it's like, say, well, hey, it's like telling, I don't know, like if you're a Mormon, go to, go to attend Catholic school or something, this is not going to work. Yes. <laughs> it's just, yes. 
Um, is, is the, yeah, it's like crumbs. My goodness, that must have been interesting. The contra- the, obviously, what Catholics believe in, what Christians believe in, obviously, yes. Yes. there's a lot, a lot of difference that people don't really realize that uh, I can certainly cause lots of arguments. Certainly, <laughs> wow. So, well, okay, so Catholic school was, I was obviously about the challenges going on in being in Catholic school. I mean, what kind of, you obviously were a bit of a rebel because obviously you knew what you believed in and you knew what you believed in by going to a Baptist church and things. But what, I mean, obviously sitting in a Catholic school and you're, well, you're learning, yes, but what they're teaching obviously is more Catholic-based, realizing you don't really believe in that. So how you, you're sitting there thinking, well, this guy's talking out his <clears throat> other end, so or the, the teacher, <laughs> so you're not going to be saying, you're sitting there going, Oh boy, what the heck? I'm just how the heck do I get around this? So, tell us a typical class and what you remember that you're sitting there and they're teaching you the Catholic side of things and you're knowing that you don't believe that. So, okay, I can give you a story. When we had a test in one of the, and of course, religion tests, where religion was a subject, we had, it was a subject we had to go. To religion class every day. But I can recall a time on the test, and the question was, how many books are in the Bible? And I was looking, and it was multiple choice, and I grew up in the Bible that my grandparents and that I learned in my church, it was 66 books of the Bible. I went to vacation Bible school. I know how many books are in the Bible, but I kept scratching my head because I'm like, 66 is not any of these options. So what I did was, just to show you how rebellious I was, it was A, B, C, or D, and none of them were 66. So, Fraser, what I did was I put E, and I wrote 66, and I circled it, and I challenged the teacher, and I told her I should deserve, I deserve my credit for that question because the wrong answer is not I mean the right answer is not shown on the test and she kept saying no there is the right answer and I said no it's not because it should be 66 (laughs) so those are that just gives you a snippet of the back and forth rhetoric that we used to have in religion class and yes my mom had to intervene after I made a D and she was like, um, uh, you're going to have to uh, make this work <laughs> because I'm paying for your tuition and I've never seen a D or a C for that matter on your report card. So how about you just do what you need to do and make these grades? <laughs> and so, of course, I had to <laughs> because I had a hard summer mom and, and I was not going to... Um, embarrass her or the family or myself (laughs) or jeopardize you know my grades in the gpa so yes big overachievers in our family yes (laughs) oh but that's funny you bring me back to that was a that was a fun time (laughs) that must have been fun but let's let's move on to so let's talk about your you get to leave school uh i mean you're you're the same age as me because you're 75 a year so Born nineteen seventy-five, I am. I'm a seventies baby as well. Um, so uh, I was born on the sixth of August, nineteen seventy-five. She's only a few months younger than me. Um, 
So, um, so yeah. So tell us about your. So you leave when you finish school. You've obviously you've gone through the process of trying to bear up learning the Catholic side of stuff and trying to avoid it like the plague. But obviously, having to go through it because your mother was basically uh, <laughs> uh, saying do it. So what was your next stage in life when you leave school? Uh, what was next for you? So what I did was uh, I chose to uh, stay in New Orleans and uh, attend a commuter school. Uh, I decided to, hey, I can stay in New Orleans, go to one of the top schools for accountancy uh, at the university. So I went to the local university in the city uh, decided to stay home uh, with my mom, you know, help my mom and my and my sister, of course, work and take care of, uh, help to take care of the family. And I wasn't ready to move away. You know, if you ever visit New Orleans, you understand, you know, we, I just wasn't ready to leave my family at the moment because we really, all of us were there. So I decided to stay in uh, in Louisiana for college. Of course, uh, I did obtain my bachelor's of science degree in accounting uh, back, oh gosh, like four years later. You, you want to know the year, Fraser? I'm up there. It's, it's, <laughs> so it took me about five uh, five years to to do that because at the time, and I'm telling my age, the CPA exam was on paper. Right, okay. The certified oh. public accountant uh, exam was on paper. It was on paper, and it was two days, eight hours each day. Wow. That's so, yes, yes. So, uh, and also they had changed the uh, rules where you had now needed $150 to sit. So that in turn required me to have an extra uh, year of school to obtain those extra hours. So I can sit for the certified public accountant exam. Yes, that was fun times too. Uh, and during that time, go ahead, go ahead, Fraser. I was going to say, uh, yeah, so it's good. Was, we've also, I'm going to take a quick breather before we, we're going to take a quick break because it's good to, we've got a lot to cover, but we're going to take a quick break. Just to, it's good to shout out to my, my supporters and sponsors as we like to do. Um, I'm going to, which I'm going to do that. Uh, if you would like to just give a shout out to the people who contribute to the show. Uh, obviously there's myself if you want to edwardusters.co.uk if you want to like cleaning and things uh, you, in Edinburgh, Scotland you can uh, cleaning carpets, ovens you can check me out and happy to help you out in some some way or form uh, also shout out to our spon- sponsors with uh, the Frame Your Day app used to be Kingdom Beads it's now the Frame Your Day app and um, we, uh, basically that's now so we're is, is if you leave them, who so if you can down, you can download the app and all that, so which is great. Um, also, go is it natural soap by Zakia? So if you like soap, you can buy her soap. She's in uh, Philadelphia. Um, also, a big shout out to John Drummond, who's in Edinburgh, who's a web designer for IdeasGoLive.com. So thank you for that. Supporters of BenitaCharles.com. Benita Charles, who does music, she's a singer songwriter in New, New York. Um, Guy R. Cook, the Guy R. Cook Report, uh, he does a podcast as well. Um, and he's also on Podbean. My Eileen Smith, she tests lots of stuff with this Instagram podcasting. She's a lot about testing lots of things. She has a YouTube channel. It's Eileen, which is I L E E N E Smith.com. You can, uh, you can check her on YouTube as well. 
Uh, shout out to Brentman, uh, BrentmanMusic.com, country gospel singer, originally uh, from Canada, but also in Tampa, lives in Tampa, Florida. Uh, and for humanity, Shannon Griffin, who's a t-shirts and does t-shirts and things. So a big shout, thank you for all these people who support us um, down the line. It's great to have, we like to support, support them and we like to, be able to support upcoming artists. So we'll be back and we'll play a new song, which I was given to a guy called Jerris Cook and Calvin Thomas, upcoming artists in America. They play a lot uh, on Periscope and uh, we're going to play their new song. Uh, and the new song, which I actually did have in front of me, I do have it in front of me, I just can't remember where I put it. Uh, but we'll play their new song, um, which is called uh, House With No Doors. Um, and that's what we'll play. So we'll be back after a new song, uh, a co- collaboration uh, from Jenna Cook and Carmen Thomas. And we'll be back with, after this. <laughs> Got down on the floor I'm a prisoner 
joy Cause this house, it has no doors I wore out my shoes Trying to find the clue I'm a prisoner for sure Cause this house, it has no doors No doors No doors Said I searched the Welcome back to part two uh, with my guest, Chikanda, 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 how can I write crumbs and butchering already? I've just, uh, Chikanda Johnson, um, uh, Olson, uh, uh, and so basically we're back to, it's just, this girl can't talk, she was right. So I'm having, <laughs> so we're going to. You, you hit the nail on the head, not too many people do. And so she's she's great. We've got a lot to cover. So we're gonna thank you for listening to that. So I hope you enjoyed it. It was great to hear uh, upcoming artists and the uh, support. So let's get back to Chiquanda. Um, you've just got you've just done your exams and you're kind of going forward. But we also want there's other subject we want to touch about. We'll kind of come before you go into your sort of work side a bit more. You've also you mentioned you had a struggle with regarding you struggle. You were told that you couldn't have kids. A young age, and what? How old were you when you were told that? Yes. Uh, so I was in college. I was nineteen when I found out I had uh, a condition called PCOS, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And at the time, uh, I was like, "Okay, uh, what does that mean?" And uh, the doctor told me, "said Okay, well, you won't be able to have any kids." And I was like, well, wow. And it, I was 19, so I really wasn't trying to have kids. I was trying to catapult my career. And I just, I, I dismissed it. I dismissed it. Uh, but also at that time, of course, it was always something in the back of my mind, like, oh, my God, really? I can never have kids. Uh, but again, I was always one, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to challenge you and prove you wrong. So I really didn't receive it. I said, uh, I know at the time, when the time comes, I'll I'll be able, something should have happened in medicine where I'll be able to have kids. And uh, Frazier, not too long after that is when I first uh, found out I had vitiligo. I had one little mark on my leg and I just thought I injured myself and didn't really realize that I hurt myself. But then I realized it. I said, okay, well, this little mark, white mark on my leg, it's not healing. It's not going away. And 
at the time is when I found out uh, it was vitiligo. And I was like, what is vitiligo? I never heard of that before. And the only person that we can, um, that I can kind of put a face to it was Michael Jackson. And they were like, you have the Michael Jackson disease. I remember they were like, you have the Michael Jackson disease. I was like, oh, my God, do I? And I was like, okay, I love Michael Jackson, but I didn't want to love him like that. And they were like, yes, that basically means that your skin pigmentation is going to fade and you're going to uh, start losing your color, the melanin in your skin. And I was like, oh, wow. And I just went to a dermatologist because as a woman, uh, you know, we have our insecurities about being a woman anyway, our Mm -hmm. flaws or what have you. So I I immediately went to the dermatologist. I was like, okay, what is this and how can we fix it? You know, I'm an accountant for God's sake. Let's get to the root cause so we can fix it. And so he explained to me that there's no cure for vitiligo. Explained to me there's uh it's hereditary. So someone in my family tree, not anybody that I can recall on my side of the family has it, but he said if you go down your uh family tree, you can definitely uh I'm sure someone with vitiligo will pop out. Um and he explained to me what it is and I just at the time being a young woman, I was just like, I don't want it. I want it away from me. I don't, let's fix it. And so, of course, I spent hundreds of dollars on these creams that did not work. I spent hundreds of dollars on these um, sessions. They'll do um, like um, different type of, uh, you had to have certain creams and all of that. And it was just one day uh, the dermatologist asked me, he said, you know, I can continue to keep your money. Or you can just realize that this is who you are and be okay with it. And at the time, I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, let's continue to do this. I'm sure, again, like I said, I'm, I want to fix it. I want, let's find another cure. Let's find something. Nobody has, there's, if I can get this an inkling of hope. And I remember Fraser saying, okay, I'll be okay with it as long as it doesn't get on my face. And then I remember, yeah, I remember, so before I had, I used to have a little bitty heart and I can right. show you a picture. It looked like a heart. So people would think I had had work done right above my lips. And that was the first sign of it getting on my face. And I was like, Oh my God, I used to, I used to, say a million prayers. And of course, I'm a Catholic girl, so I had to say a million Hail Marys, a million, <laughs> a million <laughs> I'm a Catholic Baptist. <laughs> oh so I said it all. I was like, just, I don't want it on my face. And so it just started gradually getting larger and larger. And I started getting in. If anybody, if you don't know about vitiligo, vitiligo works in pairs. So if it's on one hand, it's on the other hand. If it's on uh, one knee, it's on the other knee. It's it's one. It's a condition where it works in pairs. So that's why you, if you see someone with vitiligo and it's on uh, one of their fingers, so I used to have on my my fingers, um, it's from one hand to the next. So 
learning about this, I have to just really realize, I mean, the older I get, the more I have to realize I even, because I wasn't born with the condition, I forget I have it. Even so what, now, I really so forget. Uh, so what, sorry, just uh, uh, what, uh, uh-huh. so what brought, what brought, what do you think brought this on? Obviously, when you're, you're only still, how old, was, what was it, how old were you, about 20, 21 when you got found out you had it? Or yes. yes, I was very young, very young. So where, yes, so, what, what do you th- so what do you think actually brought it on? What do you th- what, what was there sort of, you've never had it, you weren't born with it, so you obviously there's a, a, some underlying gene somewhere that's uh, in your body, but it's obviously just somehow as you've got older, what what actually brings this on? Is it stress or something, or is it something else? Yes, you're absolutely right. With Like everything else, uh, the doctor told me, he said definitely stress will bring it out, and that makes so much sense because I can definitely recall times uh, in my life when I was stressed out, whether it was studying for the exam or whether it was working two jobs and studying for exam and taking care of my grandmother who was terminally ill. So you can, I can definitely go back and look at those times where I was really stressed out and the vitiligo would just start popping out. And then it got to a point in, after Hurricane Katrina, I mean, I spread like wildfire because right, yeah. literally through those type of uh, traumatic things, uh, it does. Um, for, that's my experience. Now, somebody else may have something different. Uh, but again, um, it's really, it's, it's amazing how there's so many people with vitiligo, but yet in science, it's still so relatively new. Because uh, obviously, you're now seeing, you may, people are you know seeing slowly more models you're doing on the cat work with vitiligo, or vitiligo yeah. as well, which is good since obviously more they're not kind of instead of cut, you usually would see them cover up with makeup to match their, the rest of their skin tone, but obviously they're now just saying as they are and just dealing with it because yeah. if not, you'd be putting makeup on forever or colouring up just to. Yeah. 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 Uh, because, and I'll tell you, I was, I too used to wear makeup and that makeup is extremely expensive. And for me, it did not work. And I never forget, Frazier, I had a date and I had a vitiligo on my elbows and I had a nice little shirt with my arms out and he had leather seats and he had like gray leather seats and the makeup told me would never come off came off on his feet. I was mortified. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. Because he didn't even realize that I had on makeup. And he, I guess he's like, who puts makeup on their elbows, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm like, well, I had been a lot ago. But yeah, so I had to just realize that, you know what? I'm done with these makeup. I'm done with the creams. I told my dermatologist, okay, I'm done with seeing you. I'm to this point where I, it's, this is who I am and I have to live with it. Do I, did I like it at the time? No. Do I still like it? No. But is this my reality? Yes. The only thing I can tell you is, Frazier, people are still so mean because people will look at you and again, I'm not born with it. So I'm like, what are they looking at? And then I'll say, oh, okay, I have vitiligo. But now it's so at the forefront 
I'm like, okay, you've never seen anybody with vitiligo? Uh, I mean, kids will ask questions. You know, kids are like, oh, my God, did you have a bobo or a boo-boo or did you get burned or hurt? I give grace to the kids because the kids don't understand. But when the adults and they look at you like something's wrong with you, I'm like, oh, God, people can be mean. So if you're out there and you have vitiligo and you do uh, cover it, and you're not to that point to just say you want to bear it all. I understand. I do. I, I understand. It's just uh, for me, I had to just make a make it a point in my life and just say, you know what, this is me, and who can believe it. <laughs> let's let's go into the next bit. Yeah, let's touch on a little bit of Hurricane Katrina. Now, obviously, you, you, this is obviously takes you to where you are now. Let's die. Yeah. Going through. Let's dissect the going through knowing that there's a hurricane coming and realizing the devastation, going through the devastation uh, of the aftermath. So let's talk about a little bit about that and what was remind people of the year it happened as well. So for me, there are tons of stories, tons of um, stories of heroes that you never would ever realize it's just it was it was something like none other that storm happened 15 years ago and I can pretty much talk about it like it happened yesterday okay um it's something that will just change all of our lives if you've been a part of it or not uh at the time the weekend before Hurricane Katrina it was our family reunion. So I have family all over that flew down, uh, flew, drove, took trains, planes, and automobiles to come to New Orleans and end up being stuck down there. Um, that weekend before, we had our family reunion. Uh, we really, our venue closed. Everybody was like, oh my God, there's a hurricane five hurricane and we've not seen one of those in 40 years. New Orleans hadn't seen one of those in 40 years. And so here we are, here's one and you better take shelter you better leave if you have, if you can uh, and take it very seriously. So we were like, what do we do? So we had our family reunion that Saturday but it was we had a weekend, a weekend of activities planned and then we decided, okay, well, we'll have to cut it short because some of us want to go and we'll try to get everybody out and go to uh, our back to their hometowns and all. But the airport's closed, everything closed. Uh, Sunday morning, thank God we were able to get out and um, get to Birmingham, Alabama at the time. We found a hotel between New Orleans and Birmingham, Alabama, which is about three or four hours that had a hotel. And so we went there and the next morning or that Monday morning, uh, August 29th is the day they commemorated. Um, our lives have never been the same, right. never been the same, the same roads that we traveled to uh, leave New Orleans to get to Birmingham was, cracked in half like puzzle pieces. Uh, the Yes, the same homes 
that uh, it's just surreal when you go back to a place and you're expecting to see a playground that you grew up in next to the stop sign, next to this uh, neighbor's home. And this is the neighbor that uh, sells candies or cookies and all of that's washed away. And like, literally we'll, we're, my sister and I were walking, we're like, we were thinking this is where our family's homes were, but everything was all devastated. It's like 20 something feet of water just in the city and because New Orleans is not is built. What, what's it built? You know, is it like reclaimed land, or was it, or was it what? Actually, New Orleans is built below sea level, so we are a bowl. And I'm born and raised there. I had no idea that it's not normal for the Mississippi River to be over your head. Uh, we have what's called levees. So if we want to look at the water, we go walk up the levee to look at the uh, the river. Uh, but people, when they travel there, they're like, oh, my God, the water is over your head. And I always was like, okay, well, where else should it be? So, <laughs> I mean, so what, but yes, we're, we're below sea level. We're so what, below made them sea build level. A, what made them build a town, a, a new, well, the old Orleans, what made them build a town? below sea level with the risk? Well, let's let's go back to history. And New Orleans is celebrating like 300 years. So New Orleans used to be that place where you would have uh, a lot of import-export would come through there, uh, a lot of ships. It was a party town. It was a party town. It still is a party town. So you had that. You had pirates. You had... Uh, a lot of um, slave trade activity. It was the place and people would just settle there. And so my family settled there, but even still, um, we always say, even back then, my the stories that my grandparents would tell is that even back then, we were still like gumbo. And gumbo is uh, a New Orleans original type of soup. It's uh, it's a soup uh, where it's a little bit of everything. So you're, you have people um, we, that were African-Americans, Irish-Americans, Italian-Americans, Caucasian-Americans, uh, of, uh, of uh, African descent, Creole-Americans. You, 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 we have a gumbo. That's why we call it gumbo. It's a mix of everything in New Orleans. So it was that town and everybody, even now people love to travel there. If you've never been, Oh my God, New Orleans is an amazing city. Uh, it's, uh, French. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you see the floor Lee. <laughs> we love our town. Uh, we, with, uh, French inspired, um, uh, the French, um, the homes are still, like there, they were almost three hundred years ago uh, in the city. It's a beautiful town. So you'll love it. 
So let's say, well, obviously, if you want to go to New Orleans, great, there's an opportunity there. So let's say, uh, so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll take a little bit of our chill place our, uh, and we'll pick some random tunes. So as I say, I'll just, uh, you can hopefully enjoy it. Uh, I've actually chosen one, so we'll just pick something. Um, as I say, um, it's great. We've had a good insight so far to what Jaquanda's uh, life and it's kind of gone from lots of interesting topics. But we're going to come back to our more topics after this because uh, we've still got we've got like a part two one topic regarding her when she said uh, she was wasn't able to have kids but there's obviously there's a another part to that and there's more but we're going to now we're going to be at the stage that she's now now in texas so we've obviously due to the hurricane katrina so we need to we're now going to dissect now she's obviously new place new living conditions this is the next part of her life a new life so uh, having to leave that all behind because due to a natural disaster can't have been easy but this is our next chapter and we'll discuss a bit more about that in this, after this tune so uh, yeah we're back in a second I hope I never fall in love again It just hurts too much and always ends I don't believe in what that Shakespeare pen I hope I never fall in love again I think we both know what is really true I couldn't even if I wanted to Oh, because I'm still in love with you Oh, because I'm still in love with you I hope I never fall
Or three, whatever you call it. Anyway, welcome back uh, with my guest Chukanda uh, Johnson Olson, all the way from Texas. Uh, but we're gonna. Um, so, are you enjoying so far? Are you still? You're not quite enjoying the podcast so far. Oh, I'm loving this. Okay, I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Fraser. You are amazing. So let. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it, which is good. So as long as uh, I've got my legal team on standby, just in case I'm joking on that. <laughs> 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 so let's go <laughs> but um so let let's go to you've you've just left um well you've now had to leave uh, when did you actually physically move to texas when did i leave uh in and re- resided in texas yeah when did you actually when was the actual process after the after the hurricane katrina when did you then have to move to uh, Texas. Uh, when you're, well, what was your next stage from there? Yes, uh, I moved uh, in November. So it was, well, between, I kept, I was going back and forth. So my final move, so naturally helping to rebuild, have, helping to clean up, helping to see what we can salvage, uh, which was a little of nothing. Um, and finally moved to Texas and remained there. Are you there? I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. Uh, That's what I, uh, I had to, um, November, November 20, 2005 was when I finally made Texas my home. And so naturally Houston hosted, I believe it was like 150,000 uh, 150,000 uh, New Orleanians at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I pretty much, I said, okay, I'll try it out here. I was single at the time, no kids, and the sky I could have gone anywhere. So you just moved to, uh, yeah, so you're, you're obviously you're now residing, you're trying Texas out. So what's um, in new life, new house, new surroundings, uh, being single. And obviously with the question of not knowing that you, saying that you can't have kids, but there's a happy ending to that. Uh, but we're going to, so when you tell us your process, tell us uh, life, what job did you do? Of them get and tell us how you, then you met your partner, excuse me, you met your partner, uh, church okay. life. And let's uh, dissect towards the now, toward as you are obviously then, but we'll come into the now and then going forward from there. Okay. Well, I I was I started my own business, uh, which I had already started that uh, in Louisiana. So that's the great thing about being your own business person. Um, you're an entrepreneur. You can pick up and start there. The only difference is. Uh, New Orleans is a very small town. Uh, within 10 minutes, 10 miles, you're in and out. And now I have moved to the fourth largest city in the U.S., uh, in Texas. 
uh, when there's 8 million people here. Uh, That was the difference. So it was literally everything uh, in Louisiana is about 10, 15 minutes away from each other. I can't go down the street now without it being a 25, 30-minute commute. So I had to wrap my head around that. That's a big difference. Uh, I had to wrap my head around uh, these long commutes uh, to see clients and all. Um, But I jumped out there and I said, okay, I'll be an entrepreneur and I'll work things out. I had not um, met my husband um, at the time yet. Uh, but I said, okay, I'll go out and I'll start being an entrepreneur. Let's see how that works. So I went to different networking events and just try to put my name out there and, uh, did a lot of work uh, for people until, uh, the great Enron happened. <laughs> Do you remember Enron Frazier? I, well, Enron, I don't know that, no. Oh, my God. Okay. Enron uh, was a a company, a Houston-based company, uh, where uh, there was a lot of fraudulent activity. I should just say that. And as a result of that, uh, we had to change the way we did our accounting standards in the state. Okay. Uh, Before, we used to rely on the Financial Accounting Standards Board i.e. the FASB, uh, for guidance. But now, as a result of Enron, we had to change, and we have what's called, what's now called Sarbanes-Oxley, or SOX control. So Enron, the Enron scandal, the Enron um, major identity, uh, major um, misstatement of financial statements, uh, it has, it was so bad, let's just say, that it changed the way we accounted for uh, financials. And as a result of that, it put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths about accountants. They were like, oh, my God, you were supposed to be the watchdog. I, I was like, I never worked at Enron. You know, it was that whole thing. If one's bad, they're all bad. So I started losing my clients left and right and nobody um nobody trusted accountants and at the same time uh the software companies uh had started sliding right in and saying okay yeah go ahead fire your accountants you can you can do your own books by just buying the software you can uh, manage your taxes by just buying the software and that made it really challenging uh, for us uh, at that time. So then I end up having to uh, go back into corporate America uh, as a result of that, um, just to make sure I pay my bills and live. Um, But it's just, but of course, still keeping, uh, starting going back and keeping clients and working on building the clients and working on building my business, working on building my life back, my savings back and everything as a result of a natural disaster. Uh, that just took some time. 
so then at that time, are you there, Fraser? Yeah, I'm good. I'm listening. I mean, just keep it. Don't worry about your video because your your video is getting a bit. Just leave it as it is and just carry on talking. Okay. Keep it. Well, I was going to just move into how I I, I met my husband. Yeah, uh, that's the, the, yeah. That's the, how did uh, you meet the man of your man of your dreams? Did he sweep you off your feet or? Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> well, no, but my husband, uh, he and I uh, were together. We met in college. He is mm-hmm. a um, professional musician, uh, so he he's from uh, he's from the East Coast, and we met in college when we were seventeen. Um. We were together in college, but then broke up. So we both had to take care of our family. You meet him at Catholic school? No. No, it wasn't Catholic school. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I went to all girls school. No, 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 no. I met him at college. Well, all right. Okay, cool. I met him at college. Yes, I met him at college, and uh, we dated all to college. And he asked me to marry him, and I said, no, I couldn't leave my family. So he had to go back to his hometown in the East Coast. I went back. I stayed home in New Orleans, and seven years have passed, and we met up again And after Hurricane Katrina. So he moved to Houston, where I was, and we decided to get married. And when he asked me, he said, um, I do remember when you were in college, you told me you can never have kids. Is that still the case? And I said, yes, it is. Um, and he said, okay, that's okay. We'll, we'll work through it. Uh, we'll even adopt it if we have to. And so I said, well, I had never, never really tried, but we started to try to have kids. And it was very upsetting, needless to say. Um, we spent money, time, energy on the uh, fertility doctors. Uh, but how many of you all know that it's very expensive and it's not covered by insurance? Uh, and then we just couldn't do that anymore. And I remember my husband saying, uh, we'll have kids when it's time. And I remember saying, you just don't want to go through this process because you're being cheap. <laughs> because I was really I wanted to go through the whole process. I need to have a kid. I want to be a mommy and see what that looks like. So what uh, we, of course, we did like most couples. Um, it, it becomes a job, Frazier. It does. You know, you have, you find out when, Everything is aligned properly, and then you calling your husband to come home, or you calling him, you know, to uh, make sure we have to. It becomes work, and yeah. it's not fun, and uh, it's very stressful, very very stressful. And I remember when we finally became pregnant uh, the first time, uh, I was so excited, and I was like, "Oh my God, we finally we have a baby." Uh, uh, babies uh, are coming. And so I believe it was uh, a checkup right before when you find out the sex of the baby is when I found out 
I was having two babies. Wow. I said, oh, my God, I'm having two babies. Uh, but that was in 2009. I found out I was having two babies. Uh, no. Uh, yes, it was 2009. And so I said, okay, so great. We're going to have two babies. We've defied the odds. We'll have two babies and we'll be good. And we found out we were pregnant with twins. But right after that, uh, we had a doctor's appointment and the twins had passed away. Yes, they had uh, what was called uh, twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. Uh, It's almost like the movie Twins with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that movie? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what one twin was a normal-sized twin. One twin was small. And they tried to transfuse to um, help each other because the larger twin, uh, and they both just couldn't make it. And so that was the devastating, that was, that took the life out of me. That was one of those um, moments, like I mentioned in the onset of the program, where it life happens, knocks the wind out of me. Uh, because not only did I find out I had to, uh, I lost my babies, but I had to deliver these babies that I lost. Because this was my first pregnancy, and that's just what had to happen. So I I had to deliver these babies, and because Texas law, you have to now name these babies. And then you have to bury these babies. Yes, it's the whole And so I remember just saying, oh, my God, no, this is going for bad to work. Because it's different when you're baby A and baby B, that now you put a name now you have to have a funeral. Now you have to bury. Now, and you're literally just still floating. So that was a very hard time for me. Oh, my God, it was a very hard time. March 2nd, 2009 is the day I never forget because that's when I lost my baby. Um, at that moment, I absolutely went into a depression, uh, a spiral, because I said, okay, now I know I really can't have kids. I, I can't. It's okay. And I had to, it was, I was still in shock mode. I remember my husband buying me a puppy, uh, hoping that would help me give me something to love on. And he did. Uh, the puppy really did, uh, wonders for me, but it was just because you still go through the same, um, your body still goes through the same things, the whole same hormonal things and all of that. And I had to really just say, okay, I'm not going to have kids. And what does that look like? And so just to fast forward, uh, we were in the process of adopting. It took me three years, uh, no, two years, to at least just even consider it, to get out of the depression mode that I was in. And I said, okay, we started the uh, process to adopt. And it was it was in the middle of that process that I found out I was pregnant with my now my oldest daughter, and I was in. We didn't do any fertility. We didn't. You know exactly what we did. We just stopped stressing about it. Everybody told us that and just said just let it flow and just let you know just let things work naturally. But it's true. Once we just stopped stressing about it. 
and just let life take its course. And I found out I was pregnant. So needless to say, I was a basket case. Oh my God, I was a basket case. I did not want to tell anybody, Frazier. I told my husband he better not say anything because I don't want the disappointment again. So it, I was a basket case until I absolutely, until I delivered the baby. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't want to believe it uh, until I actually had it. Cause I, I would always ask the doctors, is everything okay? And I had to hear a heartbeat, you know, just because going through that with having babies with no heartbeat, that was just big for me. And, um, yeah, so I had my baby, and so that was in February of 2012. So that's like three years had passed before the last uh, baby. That's a long time because of so, trying, and then we're going to try again. That but that was been, my first. That must have been, I was going to say, to have, have that, do you mean to actually go, get over that hurdle to have your first child? Uh yeah, have it and knowing that you, I mean, just thinking that you're told that you couldn't have kids, and well, God has provided for you, and you've got you have your first child, you know, uh, which is something you can't really. Some well, this was meant to happen for you, you know. <laughs> so yes. it's, it's a blessing. Yeah, so. it yes. Oh my God, it was. It's definitely one that I can. I was like, okay. I defy the odds because there was no question. I had second opinion, third opinion. They all would say, okay, no, you have a PCOS and you will not be able to have kids. But I ended up being pregnant. And so I realized after I got over the depression a little bit, like, you know what? I, I was pregnant and I had real babies. So we can possibly do this again. So it was a little bit of silver lining. And I had Alana, uh, Alana, which is my seven-year-old, uh, my oldest. I really, I was like, oh, wow. So, yeah, she is my angel. She is my blessing. I was perfectly fine with one Fraser until so my mom, who, again, my mom and my aunt, who are both deceased now, they mentioned to me, they said, well, if God can bless you with one, you know you can have more. I said, there's no way I can have more when I literally defy the odds on this one. And they said, okay, trust me, you can have more because now you're fertile. You've had one and you can have more. And I didn't believe them. I didn't. I didn't believe them. I was not trying to have more, but Less than two years later, I became pregnant again, Frazier. And in January 2014, I had another baby. And so now I'm like, what is going on? I really can't have kids. I thought you guys said I could never have kids. Um, And they were like, well, you know, sometimes there is, that's why there is always a point one percent chance we never say anything a hundred percent because now I'm like, oh my God, now I'm a mother of two children. So now you have to have a different conversation. Do you continue to try to have more kids? 
Mm-hmm. Or because now I'm in my 40s at this I'm almost 40 at this point, Frazier. Uh-huh. I'm almost 40. So now I'm like, okay, I have two kids. What do you do? So we try to, uh, in the midst of trying to uh, not have any more kids, I end up pregnant with my third baby. Oh, problems. Yes, crazy. Yes. Like a year later, I was like, oh, my gosh. So I was 22 weeks. I have to tell, oh, my God. I was 22 weeks pregnant with my third baby when I found out that I was pregnant. So, yes, it does happen. People think it doesn't happen. Yes, my baby just was sitting there simmering and growing, and I had not a clue because, again, I have PCOS. Um. So I realized I'm now, I went from not being able to have one baby to now have three. Have three kids, seven, five, and three. And it's just amazing uh, to, I look back and I said, I, I, I really, I look at my kids and I am like, I cannot believe I'm a mom because all my life I was told I can never be a mom. So I'm saying all that to say if you're out there and you're stressing and it's in about never being able to have kids, I always say if it's the desire of your heart, you will have kids. I have friends who had their uh, their kids in late 40s. Wow. I mean, there's time. Yes. So you can have kids. Uh, so just be encouraged. Be encouraged. It's, uh, it can happen for you. Even with PCOS. What we'll do is we'll we'll kind of we'll get onto what you're doing now, because obviously uh, I'm on using the Zoom. You only got a certain amount of time as a free, even on one person. But I just uh, so we can cover more bases. But we can always come back in the future and do another podcast, and we can talk sure. more about it. So let, let's talk about what you do just briefly. What you do now, and obviously it's, it's great fantastic music from ha- from coming with not being able to have kids to now have three kids which is a blessing in disguise to say the least and we uh, are grateful so let's talk about the now uh, we've dissected a lot about your life we've dissected a lot about that you're going through a hurricane from having to move from uh, suffering from um, vertiligo yeah get it right <laughs> uh, skin condition and living with that <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and and now, Michael Jackson disease. <laughs> yeah, well, Michael Jackson's disease. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so, uh, but let's let's talk about the now. So, tell us. Let's just let's fast track to the present day. What is it you do now, and who are you? Tell us about. Well, who do you want to? What's your goals going forward? Especially when it's coming twenty twenty, it's around the corner. It's a new decade. Uh, what is your goals going forward? And tell, yeah, and who, who's your, who's your, who are you looking for? Who can, where people can connect with you as well? So let's start with the now, going forward with your goals for the next, next, next year, and what your customers are looking for, and where people can can connect with you. Well, great. Uh, well, right now uh, I have uh, stayed on the track of uh, being an accountant. I am a uh, I'm an accountant. Uh, I have a, a company. My company is called Johnson's Bookkeeping and Tax. Uh, we have a Facebook page out there. 
my personal Facebook is Shaquanda Johnson Austin. Uh, we are also on uh, Instagram, uh, Johnson's Bookkeeping. Um, I am an accountant. I've been doing this for well over 20 years. And I help individuals and businesses with tax planning, whether that is uh, doing a little bit of uh, business coaching, uh, doing a little bit of helping you with startups, uh, helping you with your business startup, helping you with a biz, uh, business plan, all the way to uh, helping you with your uh, accounting and your tax planning. And if you are a public company and you, you're needing either audit uh, and full-fledged audit or review or compilation, we can also service you with that. So we are a full-service uh accounting firm uh, where we can service your needs uh, in that capacity. Uh, right now, what I'm doing is I, my mission, my passion, my goal, Frazier, is to help individuals and businesses with um, their money mindset, with helping them uh, realize that wealth is their portion and you utilize the wealth. There's nothing uh, wrong. We don't have a problem with working. We don't have a problem with obtaining. We, our problem and our challenge comes in with keeping and maintaining the money that we earn. Because if you do, do not, because we all know that we do have the tax man or tax woman that looks for us all the time, right? So those individuals, we run from them. Uh, but I run to them. And I teach you all also how to run to them because those are strategies behind letting the and having the tax code work for you. Whether it's the tax code, the U.S. tax code, or whether it's international tax code, it does not matter there are strategies that are out there that can help you individually and as a business owner to help make this work for you. So that's been my mission. I travel. Uh, I've been traveling the world teaching that. Uh, definitely, but we just have to have a, a different mindset. Look at money differently. Uh, realize that you're not just spending. You are investing uh, and treating your business like a full-fledged business. If you are uh, doing something for your business, it is an investment for your business that is tax deductible. Uh, so those are the types of uh, things that I help my clients uh, definitely uh, to realize that there are corporations out there that do not run from the tax man. They love tax season because, because of their tax strategies. They don't, they pay little to no taxes. So I want the same for my clients. And in order to do so, you have to get knowledge, skill, and get yourself an accountant on your team that can help you in these areas, that can help you get your your money and finances together, that can help you with the education out there, that can help you interpret and uh, get those great tech shelters out there that are provided for you. 
So that's what I'm doing. I'm so super excited. It has been amazing uh, to get on. I've been doing this for twenty over twenty years, but to now uh, move into the social media realm. Uh, it's a brand new world. I wouldn't have never met Frazier, and I would not uh, listening to you uh, before. That's that's why I say social media is just a whole nother gambit. Yes, because yes, yes. As an accountant, we could never. Uh, we used to back in the day. You have to have a small little advertisement. Uh, in the yellow pages mm-hmm. that now these millennials don't even know what a yellow page is more or less a small advertisement but now social media hasn't afforded us an opportunity so now I can be in Fraser's hometown and still talk about my business and do it legally uh, that is uh, it's just it's amazing it's amazing and the sky's the limit for that so Definitely, if you want to connect with me, uh, uh, thank you, Frazier. Uh, I do have a free gift for you all. I am a Southern girl, New Orleans folks. We never come uh, without a gift. So um, <laughs> that, that is just how we are. Uh, we are definitely the uh, Leslie LeBonton Roulette people. Let the good times roll. That's, that's, that means let the good times roll in French. So I come bearing gifts. Uh, we call that uh, lanyap. That's a little something extra. So I have some lanyap for you all. Uh, I'll have the bit.ly link uh, available to you. Uh, I have also, if you'd like to connect with me, a bit.ly link for you to do so as well. But let's get a call. I'm, I'm clearly for those, this is the perfect time. We're in the fourth quarter. Those of you who would like to finish this year strong, those of you who are saying, what could I do? What tax shelters uh, can I utilize uh, before the end of the year to reduce my tax liability? Or those of you who said, okay, you know what? I've not done anything with my books this year, but I do need to because we all have to report something. And what better way? Let us help you get your financials in order. Let us help you get a tax strategy that way you can jumpstart and have a plan for 2020 before the ball drops. There we go. So, well, can I, well, as you can see, we've, you've got, we're going to have all her links, uh, or my uh, links in the show notes. We'll have the bit.ly links for the free gifts. Um, so, yes, well, as I say, we've had a, a packed podcast. We've talked a lot. So, and I'm sure we can do down the line. We'll do a part two. I'm sure there'll be more stuff we can dissect or something else we can talk about because it sounds like this the uh, has been through a lot, and I'm sure she's got more stories to tell down the line somewhere for him. And we've only maybe scratched the surface on a few things, but it's been great to have her on the show, and it's great to interview and hear her story and hear just a bit about her life, especially when somebody's been through a hurricane uh, and obviously having to literally, well, you have to start again and move. Uh, which is cannot never be easy for anybody. Uh, so, from living in a, a nice, from just have that living in your nice home, your street where you grew up, and suddenly before you know it, it's just taken from you within the blink of an eye. So, uh, just the thinking of those challenges of thinking of what you have and taking it, don't take it for granted because doing that, you do have what you have, 
is well it could just be that blink of an eye and it could be all gone um, like the situation with uh, having to deal with a hurricane but anyway uh, we'll have all of Traquanda's um, links in the show notes so people can connect with her you can get that free gift from her and uh, appreciate that but obviously a big thanks to all our supporters out there people who listen to us as I say, we are Ramsey on these uh, podcasts. Is Ramsey on these going beyond borders? As they want to inspire people by listening to your people's stories. Uh, so as I say, if you've got a story you want to tell, you want to link up with people or connect, give it me a shout. Or as I say, we'd love to be able to help. And as I say, upcoming artists, if you're listening, somebody who's an artist, you want to get your music out there, happy to play it on the podcast and expand your reach to people. So Chikwanda, uh, thank you for the time. Thank you. Hopefully you're here, as I say, for being on the podcast. And uh, hopefully that's been fun for you, and uh, you've uh, <laughs> been your first, maybe your first international podcast. You know what, Fraser? This has been amazing, and I do thank you. I thank you uh, for the opportunity. I do not take it for granted. Uh, I, this has been so fun. Uh, this has been uh, amazing. Just to uh, kind of go back and down memory lane and tell my story. Uh, nobody that I've nobody has ever asked me to tell my story before, but this has been great. It's been awesome. I do uh, look forward to uh, more podcasts. Yes, uh, we have some uh, uh, some great gifts for you all. Make sure you utilize that and uh, take advantage of the um, the free gifts that are out there. And wow. I appreciate it. Well, to everyone who's listening, till the next podcast, we have a great time, as I say, and the countdown to Christmas is on, and let's see what Santa brings you down the chimney, if you've got one. (laughs) (laughs) And to everybody, have a great one, and we'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.